0: Can you remain standing for the reading of God's Word? Let's go to Genesis. Book of Genesis, please. The book of Genesis. And we'll remain standing for the reading of the Word. Genesis. And uh, we're going to go to chapter 22. As you see on the screen. Genesis chapter 22. Now, there's one character in the Bible that has caught my attention for probably the past 10 years of my life. And uh, growing up, I grew up in church, and growing up, you think about the characters like, as a child, you think about characters like maybe David who killed a giant, or Daniel who was in the lion's den, and you know, these these men of God who, who did these cool things that a child would hear or think about and say, wow, that's that's pretty cool, you know, I would like to, to kill a giant or, you know, I would like to sleep in a, a, di, uh, a den of lions or I, I would like to do uh, walk through fire like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, do things like that. And uh, that that's true. But I guess as I've, uh, I don't want to say gotten older, as I've matured, I don't know, And all the parents say, Amen. As I've matured, I start to realize the different characteristics and aspects of people's lives in the Bible. And there's one man who very much stands out to me in the Old Testament. And that man is Abraham. Abraham was very much an intriguing character within the Word of God. And literally, literally, literally basically started off started off what we would call the walk of faith. Many people refer to him as the father of our faith. He displayed total faith in God Almighty. When God told him, I want you to leave your country, leave your land, leave your people, and I want you to go somewhere you've never been. I'm sure he had some questions. I'm sure there was some things running through his mind. But you know what he said? All right, I'll go. He didn't know where he was going exactly. He'd never seen the place he was going, but he said, "God told me to go, so I have to go." So from the get from the from the beginning, from from the very beginning, from the get-go, he began to display, he began to display or, or begin to teach us this concept of no matter what, no matter where, no matter when. We have to trust God. And think about what I just said. No matter what, no matter when, no matter where, just you, you have to trust him. And, and sometimes it's easier said than done, isn't it? But this morning, we're going to take a look at one of the events of De- Abraham's life. And we're going to break this down into three aspects within the story. And I pray you learned something this morning. I pray you're also encouraged this morning. And in Genesis chapter 22, we begin to read the story of Abraham and Isaac, his son. Isaac was his promised son. Abraham was not supposed to have children. He was already old, and he was a man with with years already. And God told him, you're going to have a son. He didn't believe it at first, but as time went on, he had a son. And that son was named Isaac. And we're going to read Genesis chapter 22. I'm sure some of you have read this scripture before. But this morning we're going to break this down into three aspects. So let's go ahead and read verse 1. Now it came to pass after these things that God tested Abraham and said to him, Abraham, and he said, Abraham said, here I am. Then he said, take now your son, your only son Isaac, whom you love. Stay with me. Whom you love. Take your only son Isaac, whom you love. And go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering and and, on one of the mountains of which I shall tell you. So Abraham rose early in the morning and saddled his donkey and took two of his young men with him and Isaac his son. And he spit the wood for the burnt offering and arose and went to the place of which God had told him. Then on the third day Abraham lifted his eyes and saw the place afar off. And Abraham said to his young men, stay here with the donkey, the lad, the boy and I will go yonder and worship and we will come back to you. So Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it on Isaac, his son, and he took a knife, he took a fire in his hand and a knife, and the two of them went together. But Isaac spoke to Abraham, his father, and said, my father. And he said, here am I, son. Then he said, look, the fire and the wood, but where is the lamb for a burnt offering? And Abraham said, my son, God will provide For himself, the land for a burnt offering. So the two of them went together. Then they came to the place of which God had told him. And Abraham built an altar there and placed the wood in order. And he bound Isaac, his son, and laid him on the altar upon the wood. And Abraham stretched out his hand and took the knife to slay his son. But the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. So he said to him, here I am. As it is said to this day, in the mount of the Lord, it shall be provided. Father, we give you honor and glory for your word this morning. Father, I surrender myself to you right now, your vessel, your instrument. I thank you that you will speak through me. I thank you that not be I who speaks, but the spirit of my Father. I thank you, Lord, that even as I stand here, you give me words to say. That I may declare your word and not my opinion. I thank you, Lord. This morning, your word is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. I thank you, your word shall not return void. I thank you, your word shall be received gladly, and I thank you, your word shall prevail. Lord, I give you honor and glory that this morning, it is not I who speaks, but you. I thank you, Lord, that we have not gathered to hear the opinion of man, but solely the truth of your word. Now, as we sit in your presence, I thank you. Your word will encourage us, teach us correct us lead us I thank you this morning for all that you have to say in Jesus name amen and amen we be seated in the presence of the Lord very intriguing story with Abraham and his son Isaac it, may, it reminds me of it reminds me of the time in my life where I was between high school and Bible school, and I was experiencing some personal things in my life. And I remember I sat down in front of my parents' home, and I I was kind of just broken, and I was just kind of like, I hit a wall. I kind of didn't know what to do with my life, where I was going, what was going on. I knew the truth. I knew the word. It it was in me. It had been planted at me in a young age, and and it grew in me. But I, I knew something was off. And I remember right then and there I said something that kind of changed my life. I said, "God, I don't know what to do anymore." I said God, I, I I just need you. I just need you. I just need you." And in that moment, I told God God, from here on out, no matter what the plan, no matter where you want me to go. I'm going to trust you. I'm going to trust you. I was only 18 years old at the time. I'm sorry, 17. I was actually 17 years old at the time when I said it. And and I look back on it now, and I I say to myself, man, sometimes you don't think about what you're saying until you look back on it and you say, wow, I said that. You think to yourself, God, did I really tell you that? He remembers what you say in case you didn't know. And I said, wow, those were some interesting words coming out of a 17-year-old's mouth. But you know what? Can I tell you something? Every day, I am very thankful I said it. Every day, I'm very thankful I said it. Because I've come to learn this. I've come to learn that there's no better way to live life than to live it the way God wants you to live it. There's no better way to go about life than to go about it the way God wants you to go about it. I find it interesting with Abraham. And I feel in my heart this morning, we can learn, we see three aspects of this story this morning that, that we can pull something from. Abraham is a father. He has a son named Isaac. And in case you don't know the background again, Isaac was a promised son to Abraham. Abraham and his wife were, were well in their years. They, they had no business having children. But Abraham had a son. A son that would, could inherit and carry on the family name. So Abraham has his son named Isaac, and and you would think to yourself, wow, you know, he he got his son, and, and now he he has a son that he didn't think he could have, and it was a promised son, and and now they get to go about living life. But all of a sudden, now Abraham uh, has this has this opportunity now to display his 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 faith in God and display how much he trusts God. But really, I want you to think about it like this this morning, though. I want us to look at Abraham as simply the father. As a father. I want us to look at Abraham as a father. Now, stay with me. I, I promise we're going somewhere. As we look at Abraham as a father, and Abraham has instructions, and I call them the father's instructions. The father's instructions with, with that we see within Abraham. There is no question in my mind, because it says it in the Word of God, that Abraham loved his son. Again, Abraham loved his son. But nonetheless, there was now instructions that had to be followed. Are we aware this morning that our lives, if you're breathing, if you're living, if you're here this morning, you're alive, even if it's not here, if you're anywhere, God created you, God made you. And we talked about this a few weeks back. I kind of have to dive into it a little bit just to get to the, to, our, to our point here. God has a plan for your life. He has a plan for your life. If you're 8, 88, it doesn't matter. He has a plan for your life. As long as you're breathing and living, there's still things to do. And, and now we see Abraham, a father, saying, I have instructions that need to be followed. In other words, there's a game plan laid out. You know... God says in Jeremiah, before you were formed in the womb, I knew you. Before you were a thought to your parents, I knew you. Before your parents, your grandparents even had this concept of you, I knew you. David even writes more. I love what David writes. David says, the days of my life were written out. Ephesians tells us that we're his workmanship. We're his masterpiece. We're his his children. He's a father. Jesus walked this earth and he constantly referred to God as my father. He constantly went back reflecting on his father. And we see Abraham now living as a father living as a father, and no doubt he had love for his son just the way our father in heaven has love for us. If there's ever a moment in your life that you think you're not loved, I challenge you to read the word of God because the word of God is full of love. It is full of love from Genesis to Revelation. We see a loving God. Do we see a God who... Who has to judge? And do we see a God who has to correct things? Absolutely. But it doesn't change who he is. And who he is is a God of love. He is a God of justice because he's a God of love. He's a God who corrects because he's a God of love. He loves his children. He loves us. He loves us more than what you'll ever think you could love in your life. There's many parents throughout the sanctuary this morning, and you have children. And I've heard parents tell me this before. Man, sometimes it's hard to love my child. And I say amen. I'm just playing. The, you know, it's hard to love my child sometimes. You know, sometimes I just, I want to throw something at them. I want to yell at them. I, I want to shake them because I'm like, don't you get it? That's, in case you didn't know, that happened to me a couple times. But anyway, don't you get it? But it's not because you're not angry. But does, does, the, does the anger take away your love? No. When they do wrong, do you stop loving them? No. I pray you don't. The love is constant. The love is there. But I want you to think about this. As much as you love your children, magnify that by a billion whatever. And it's still not enough to describe God's love. He loves us in a way that we will never understand. It's called unconditional love. In other words, you may be the worst sinner in the world, and you know what he tells you? He tells you, I love you with all my hearts. You may be the furthest thing from God. You may be lost in the horrible place, and he still reaches out to you and says, I love you more than you can ever imagine. Isn't it amazing to know that we serve a God who will always love us, who will never stop loving us, who is saying right now from the balcony of heaven, I love you, 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 I love love all of you. I love you more than you could think, dream, or imagine. I love you and I won't stop loving you. I'll love you forever because that's just who He is. He's a God who loves. And at any moment, does that love stop? No. It goes on for eternity. Somebody asked me one time, well, if you're in hell, does he still love you? Yeah. That's why it breaks his heart to see people in there. Because he loves. There's no doubt he loves. And within his love, within his love, he desires for all his children. To be protected, to be safe, to be well, to be healthy. Within his love, all of his love, he desires every single one of us to live life to the fullest. He created you. That means he loves you. If he didn't want to love you, he would not have created you. But the fact that you were created and you're his masterpiece, you're loved more than what you'll ever know. And isn't it good to know that the God who created everything loves me more than I could ever imagine? It's a humbling thought. Abraham, it says within the word God, Abraham loved his son. These, there were instructions that had to be followed. There was a plan that had to be followed. And the father, the father knew this is what has to be done. The father knew this is what we're going to have to go through. First of all, I love the fact that Abraham never left his son's side. <laughs> the father had the instructions laid out. And the father realized, no matter where you go, son, I'm going to be with you. Abraham, the father, was right there with Isaac. And he loved him. And no part of him desired to see his son killed. No part of him desired to see his son die. Just the way no part of our God in heaven desires to see us in suffering, see us in pain, see us killed. There's there's no desire for that. He doesn't want that. But unfortunately, there's times that there's a plan and instructions that need to be played out. So what I'm trying to get at is this, is that no matter what's going on, I want us to always remember, no matter what you go through, no matter what's happening in life, no matter where you're at in life, God loves you. And if we can get it embedded within our hearts that he loves us no matter what, he loves us no matter where we are. And sometimes people ask, well, why, 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 why? Listen, we don't always know why, but I know he loves We don't always understand why, but I know he understands everything. We don't always get it right now, but there will be a day where everything will be revealed to us. And we'll know exactly why the instructions were given and that the father allowed us to go through these instructions as his children, as his son, and help us to realize that no matter where we're at in life, there is a love that will always be upon us. Which leads us to Isaac. One, a father's instructions. Two, and this is where we start to dig into the heart of the message: a son's willingness. The son looks at his father, and is very much aware. Okay, something's going on here. <laughs> Have you ever been praying, or are you going through something, and the first thing it tells you is like, something's going on here? God, you're you're doing something. You're working something out. Something's going on here. I don't know what. I don't get it. But but I choose to believe something's in motion here. And, and, and the son looks at his father, and as they're getting ready to go and have this sacrifice done, the father loves him, but there's instructions that need to be played out. There's a road that needs to be walked. There's this path that needs to be taken. So the son looks at his father and says, Father, I, 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 see, I, I see the wood. I see the fire. But something's missing. Where's the sacrifice? <laughs> And no doubt, the father looks at his son and says, "You don't want to know. <laughs> Look in the mirror. That's our sacrifice." But the the father assures him, "Son, it's gonna be okay. It's gonna be okay." Are you aware that within the Word of God, within the Bible? We see time and time again, men and women who simply had to trust God. They had to just simply trust him. Proverbs tells us, trust in the Lord with all your hearts. It also says in Proverbs 16, it says, commit thy works unto the Lord and your thoughts, your past, your ways shall be established. In other words, it's saying, all that you are, everything that you do, give it to God. Are we aware that throughout the word of God, there was men and women that had no choice but to simply hold on to the promise of God? From Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, David, Moses, all throughout the Bible, men and women that simply said, God told me to do it, I have to do it. Do you know where you're going? No. Do you know how it's going to be done? No. Do you know what's going to happen? No. So then what are you doing? I'm doing what God told me to do. Joshua and his people walking around Jericho day after day after day. Did they know how they were going to defeat Jericho? No. Did they understand how they were going to defeat Jericho? No. So what were they doing? They were just doing what God told them to do. And when a shout came up, the walls came crumbling down. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were told to bow before a statue. Did they, did they do it? No. They were told, do it again. We're going to give you another chance. You better do it now. They said no. The people would look at them and say, what are you doing? We're doing exactly what our God would want us to do. We're not bowing down. They get thrown in a fiery furnace, they have a party in the furnace, dance with Jesus a little bit, come right out, and they don't find nothing's wrong with them. Why? Because they did what God wanted them to do. Moses and the people of Israel walking to a place they don't know, they've never seen, but God told them it's your land, go get it. They hit a Red Sea. What do we do now? Let me just stick out this stick here, see the water separate, and we'll go through on dry land. How does that sound? That sounds crazy, but you know what? I do, I serve a God who can do the impossible, who can do the crazy, who can do the unseen, He could do anything He wants, so I'm just going to do what He wants me to do, and I'll trust Him no matter what. See, the Son's willingness, He was looking at the Father, and He simply told His Father, I don't know where the sacrifice is, but if you're telling me the sacrifice is going to be there, then I trust you to have the sacrifice there. And he had a willingness in his heart. He had a willingness in his heart to follow the father no matter where the father would take him. How interesting it is to see a young son look at his father and say, Dad, I don't know what's going on. I don't know what you have planned. I don't know where we're going. But I trust you. I trust you. And you know what that trust does? That trust makes us willing to go forth and serve God the way he wants us to serve him. Let's be honest. If, you, if we really want to serve God the way he's asking us to, there's got to be trust in our hearts. You know why? Because everything in this world pushes against what we believe. Not everything, but, but let's, 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 go, let's go about it this way. There's not much support in this world for us. Everywhere we look, everywhere we turn, there's another law being passed that shouldn't be passed. There's people doing things they shouldn't do. Another person being murdered. Another person being hurt. People just doing what they want to do. The word of God being stomped on. The word of God being thrown out to the side. No prayer in schools. Uh, The other day, somebody had told me they walked into a hospital. I said, what? They walked into a hospital. They were praying for somebody, and the doctor told them they had to leave. They weren't allowed to pray because he was busy. And I said, well, were you standing in the corner? I was just standing in the corner praying. The doctor looked at me and said, you need to leave. You can't do that right now what's going on here what what world are we living in we're living in a world that is totally totally trying to push Jesus push God out of it so there's got to be some form or aspect of trust within us that says God no matter what, no matter where, no matter with who wherever we are at I'm going to follow you, I'm going to trust you and I'm going to do it out of a willing heart and no matter what happens God I'm here to stay I talked to somebody the other day. They have fallen back. They haven't been to church in a long time. And you know what they told me? They said, I tried it out. So you tried it. And this, you know, this isn't some kind of, you know, roller coaster of six flags. You know, God didn't call you to try this out. (laughs) He called you to live it out. He called you to go day by day and say, I made my decision. I made my choice. Wherever I go, I'm doing it for God. Whenever I talk, I talk for God. I do it out of a willing heart. you know what the Bible says? If ye shall be willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. You shall eat the best of the land. You shall possess the best. Because a willing and obedient heart shall inherit the kingdom of God. So no matter where you're at, always remember, I have to have a willingness in my heart. No matter where, no matter with who, where, where. Ever i am to say god i am willing what did isaiah say when god said i need somebody to go forth i need somebody to go out isaiah stands up a little the, the, the just this, this kid really stands up and says hey god here i am send me becomes one of the greatest prophets in all the bible arguably the most influential prophet Men throughout the Bible standing up saying, here I am, I'll do it. Here I am, God, I'll go. Here I am, God, send me. God, I don't know where, but fine, I'll do it. I'll go. I'm here. It's a son's willingness because there is a trust in his father. There's a son's willingness to say, there's instructions my father has. Let's go. Here we go. And The willingness is birthed out of a trust. And his dad. It's so a trust within his father. Can I ask you something? Has, has, has anyone, you don't have to raise hands and don't look at nobody. Anybody ever betrayed your trust? Don't look at nobody. Anybody ever betrayed your trust? For those who have, it's a horrible feeling. A horrible feeling. Like the rug just gets pulled out from under you. You ever seen the trust fall? You just fall back? Somebody should be there to catch you. Sometimes they're there and sometimes they're not. You know the amazing thing about God? He said in His Word, He would never leave us nor forsake us. He said, I will be with you always until the end of the earth. He said, I am your strong tower. I am your comfort. I am your helper. I am your teacher. I will be with you through the fire, through the storm. I am taking you to a better place, to a wealthier place, to a higher place. I'm going to make sure you go from glory to glory because I see your trust in me. When your bank account was zero, you trusted me. When the doctor told you there's no hope, you trusted me. When your kids ran out on you, you trusted me. When you didn't know where your son was at at three o'clock in the morning, you trusted me. You trusted me with all your heart. You knew I wouldn't be there. You knew I would never leave you. knew I would never forsake you. You trusted me. I saw your tears. I saw your pain, but I saw you on your knees. I saw you in the word. I heard your worship. I heard your prayers. I know you trust me. And he promises, I will not let you go. I will not throw you to the side. I will not forget about you. We are his children. We are his creation. We are the apple of his eye. We are the kingdom, part of the kingdom of God, princesses, kings. We are royalty. So trust him. Him, no matter what if you don't know what to do just keep trusting him be willing and obedient and you shall eat the good of the land so many things to trust in nowadays trust in people trust in money trust in our job trust in our government i've lost track already. there's so many things they want me to trust in but funny, on the almighty dollar, it says, in God we trust. So I find it very interesting that in the thing most people value, it speaks very clearly. Trust God. Father's instructions, a son's willingness based on trust. And finally, hmm, A ram's intervention. Dad, where's the the sacrifice? Listen. Dad, how is this going to get done? How is this going to get done? I know there's instructions, and I'm willing to follow you no matter where, but how is it going to get done? the father says this, it's, it's going to be okay. The son, the Bible says the father had the stake ready to go. We're, it's, it's about to be over for this young son. Side note, how far are you willing to go with God? To the point of death, I hope so. Because when we said yes to Jesus, we should have said it for the rest of our lives he's ready to go Isaac willing the son willing saying no matter what here I am let's go do it whatever you want me to do and all of a sudden as the father is getting ready to let to allow the son to experience something horrible all of a sudden he hears a noise and he looks to the side he looks around and all of a sudden an angel tells him oh Abraham what are you doing? Doing what I'm supposed to do. See, you know, I, you know what I always thought about? I, always thought, I wonder what Isaac was doing when the angel started talking. I wonder if he was there, like, oh my God, this is it, you know? Or if he was just kind of like, you know, do it, fine, get it over with. I don't know. But I do know this. I do know this. The angel came and told Abraham, Abraham, don't do it. Look, there's an intervention right there. He says, what? All of a sudden, there in the thorns, a ram, perfectly, 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 perfectly the animal they need to fulfill the sacrifice. And they say, take the ram." Let the sun go. Why is this so significant for this morning? A ram's intervention. Stay with me. Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Did you know when you gave your life to Him, He took residence in your heart? And now, wherever you are, the sun. And this is why this is important when the father has instructions that need to be followed and you do it with the willing hearts jesus christ is with you every step of the way and then what happens is this he he's he's here He like, said, get the ram over here let's get it and then first of all they take the ram and they kill the ram first note with the ram's intervention that's what jesus did when he went to the cross He went to the cross and took our place on the cross of Calvary, shed his blood, laid down his life. He took our place and said, hey, I'll tell you what, I'll go ahead and swap with you. You should be up there, but I'll take your place. I'll take your place. I'll take your place. I'll take everyone's place on the cross of Calvary. I'll lay down my life. I'll die. I'll shed the blood so that you can live, so that you can have eternal life. I'll give it all up. I'll lay it all down because I am an intervention for you. I'm coming in. I'm penetrating the situation. I'm changing the situation. And even though, yes, you should have died Gone to hell. I'm gonna go die and I'm gonna go to hell for you. I'm gonna take the keys from the kingdom of hell. I'm gonna give them to you and give you authority. I'm gonna take your place and I'm gonna let you know that when it's all said and done, you'll be with me in all of eternity. So let the son take the place of you. And not only did he take the place of him, but now here's the thing when Jesus the ram's intervention. When Jesus comes in the picture, he enters your heart. That means that no matter where you're at, he's with you. So I want you to get this thought in your mind this morning. Wherever I am, Jesus is there. Wherever I go, Jesus is there. Wherever I stand, Jesus is there. The Father has instructions. I'm going to follow it with a willing heart, but I know in the back of my mind, within my heart, Jesus is with me. Jesus is going to help me. Jesus is by my side. Jesus will not leave me. Jesus is in me. Jesus is helping me jesus is in me alive for all of eternity he is there i am blessed i am blessed i am blessed because jesus is in my heart see the the, the, the ram comes in and says we'll stop everything it's hard yes but jesus is with you it seems impossible yes but jesus is with you God, why am I going through this? Well, Father, why am I having to experience this? Because Jesus is with you, son. Jesus is with you, daughter. And you're coming out better than what you went in. You're coming out better than what you went in. You're coming out blessed. You're coming out whole. You're coming out healthy. I can't break this addiction. Jesus is with you. I can't get over this hump. Jesus is with you. I can't change. Jesus is in you. You've already begun to change. Just keep going. In the name of Jesus Christ. Isn't it amazing to know that in every situation, Jesus sits by his father in heaven at the right hand of God and tells his father, that's my child. When the devil comes in, when we mess up, when things go wrong, when everything seems chaotic, he looks at his father and says, daddy. Hey, remember, I laid down my life for them. Look at my hands. Remember these nail-scarred hands? It's because I laid down my life for them. He still intercedes for you and for me. Do you want to know why you got through what you got through? Because Jesus was interceding for you. Because Jesus was talking for you. Because Jesus was praying for you. Yes, he still prays at the balcony of heaven. He still calls out and says, bless them. Watch them. Be with him. He sends angels to protect you. His blood covers you. He walks with you. He's everywhere with you. So no matter where you're at, no matter where you go, there is a ram- in the thorns ready to come out. You need a miracle? There's a ram in the thorns. You need a healing? There's a ram in the thorns. There's a ram there. Jesus is there. Jesus is present. Jesus is by your side. No matter where you're at, take a look around and just begin to claim, Jesus is in my home. He's in my workplace. He's in my car. He's at my church. He's wherever I am. Jesus is there ready to meet my needs, ready to break through, ready to do a miracle and just be willing because when you're willing, (laughs) He'll do something beyond what you could ever believe. He is there. Give the Lord a hand this morning. I close with this. I close with this. Before we stand, I close with this. A father's instructions, a son's willingness, a ram's intervention. When it all comes together, when it all comes together, it's really this one word. And I want to nail it home with this trust. And I, sometimes I, I read these different things or his the five ways to trust God and 14 ways to show God, you trust him. And you know, like, Oh, you know, the, the essence of trust. And I, and I, and sometimes I read them and sometimes I don't, but I think to myself, whatever happened to just good old, I trust you, God. I can't explain it really, but God, I trust you. I trust you. I, I I trust you. But here's the kicker: what do we trust Him with? I've I've witnessed this in my life before, where I've made it evident. God, I, I trust you with this, God, and I trust you with this. But I'm not really showing you, God, that I trust you with this. I, God, I trust you with my health. I trust I, you. I trust you, with, I trust you with, with my family. But God, I don't want to step on some toes this morning. But don't don't throw your shoes at me, okay? Just wait. I, I trust you with my family. I, I trust you with you know my my health. But God, I don't know if I trust you with my money. God, I trust you with my money and and I trust you with with my job, but God, I I feel like I I need to take control over all my family. I I don't know if I, can I really give you all them? You understand what I'm saying this morning? Like sometimes if we're not careful, we'll we'll release certain things to God and say, God, I trust you with that, but do we really trust Him with everything? I mean everything. Everything. Because as we said earlier, the Bible says, trust in the Lord with all your heart that means every aspect of which you cherish everything you hold valuable should be entrusted into the hands of God he's not looking for somebody who just says God, I'll give you this and I'll give you that no if Jesus laid down everything why shouldn't we if Jesus gave up everything Then why don't we and i promise you i've witnessed it in my own life and in the lives of others when we really trust them with everything we're so much better off we're so much better off and here's the thing will he allow things yes will we go through things jesus said you'll go through trials and tribulations yes Jesus said we would be persecuted. We'd be persecuted. So Jesus made it very clear. You're going to go through things. Oh, but he says, be of good cheer. Be happy. Be joyful. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say, rejoice. In other words... There is a joy in our hearts because there is a trust in our hearts. That with every aspect of my life, I trust God. So whenever you are challenged to take a hold of things and do it on your own, can I challenge you with this? Get on your knees and say, God, how do you want me to do this?